0: Hey everyone, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com, dot com, and this is the Faith Tested By Fire podcast. I'm glad you're here, and uh, we have quite a few new listeners over the past month. And originally, when I created this podcast, I just created it to share my thoughts with um, with people people that were struggling. Uh, I created the faithtestedbyfire.com website in order to write articles and and share different thoughts on on life and faith and believing and overcoming tests, trials, and tribulation because the Bible says through much tribulation we enter the kingdom of, of heaven and I know that most of the people who are listening today are facing some kind of challenge in their life and in a lot of cases probably most multiple challenges. And when you face a a challenge, and that challenge seems to be prolonged, you get to a point where you can't move forward, you can't move to the right or the left, the only place that seems that you can move is backward, and so everything seems to come to a standstill. And today I want to talk about having a breakthrough, and what a breakthrough means, It's a the actual definition of it, it's a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. Or it could also mean the instance of achieving success within a particular sphere or activity. So, whatever the issue is that you're facing, wherever the movement has stopped, when a breakthrough occurs, suddenly everything changes. Now, when I look back at my life, especially during childhood, everything seemed to move in slow motion. I remember when I was in grade school, it seemed like I would be there forever. And then the day came when graduation came. Now for me, grade school was grades one through six. And then intermediate school was grades seven and eight. And then there was four years of high school. I went to college. I know not everybody goes to college. That's optional. But I'm I'm looking at this beginning period of time. And so I can still remember standing in the front of the schoolyard and I don't remember what the principal said at the time, but I remember there was something like a national anthem or something playing, and that was it. We were done. We left that school, never to return again. And at the time, I just remember the days seemed to go so slowly, waiting for the bus day after day after day, the drama that happens when relationships were formed. I was an only child, so everything was new to me as far as in the social sphere And that time just seemed to drag on and on and on. But suddenly it was gone. And then I was in a new school and everything was new and everything was uncomfortable. And I spent two years there. I remember the second year there I felt so good because it felt like I was at the top of the scale again. In the first school it took six long years to get there. In the next school it took only two. And then suddenly I'm at the bottom of the food chain again in high school. And I just remembered that growing up seemed like it was taking forever. And I wanted to be an adult yesterday. But due to circumstances beyond my control, systems that are in place, you know the story. You can fake it till you make it. But then suddenly the day comes and you make it and and you're done with all that. And when you look back, it doesn't seem as bad as it did when you were actually in the midst of it. And tests and trials are like that. When you're in the middle of them, it seems like it's, they're going to take forever. But then that time passes. And when we look back, sometimes we realize that we we place too much importance on the wrong things. It says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 17, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, And then it goes on to say, well, we look at the things, well, we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. But our light affliction, it says, is but for a moment. You know, sometimes people say things, well, why does God allow this and that, and why all these terrible things happen? Let me tell you something as a believer. When you get to the other side, you will find that you have been more than well compensated for everything that you had to go through here. And you'll look back at it and it will seem like nothing. What you went through was nothing compared to what you have now. It doesn't even compare. It's it's as different as the night is from day, as light is from darkness. But when you're in the middle of it, The mindset is a little bit different because you're looking for relief. And you think to yourself, how much more of this can I withstand? Okay, let's go on a little bit further. I'm reading now from John chapter 15. It says, this is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. This is the New King James Version. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear fruit more fruit. Think of the school principle, right? You're in school and you're learning and you graduate and you go to the next level. Spiritual things are a lot like that. But just like you have in real life, some people drop out. Some people say they don't want to do it anymore and they're gone. They don't add to their knowledge. At least they don't do it in a formal sense. You can do it, especially today. You can add to your knowledge without being in school. And some people might even argue that it's a better approach to take in many instances. right? I mean, if you, if you sat under an engineer in an engineering firm, all things being equal, you're going to learn a lot about engineering, especially if you're there every day. But let's not go down that path too far. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Literally says lifts up there. What does that mean? But what do you, what do you think it means? Now some the first time I read that I said, "Oh my gosh, you know, God kills people if they don't bear fruit." And literally, it doesn't say he kills people, it says he lifts them up, he takes them away. And so how do you interpret that? Well, I know some people have a hard time with the judgment of God and reconciling that with the love of God. But when you're in Christ, you have forgiveness, you have righteousness, you have redemption, you have all these things, but the Bible encourages you to continue and walk in the truth, to walk out your salvation, one scripture verse says, with fear and trembling. That's not fear of God, that's just knowing that this is real and this is important, and people's lives hang in the in the balance. We're not just here to quote unquote follow our bliss and follow our own dreams. The Bible says to serve God because your life is not your own any longer. But to serve God, that's your reasonable service. I know people don't preach on that. But let me tell you something. God loves us so much that he already knows where we're going to get the most joy and the most fulfillment. Sometimes we deceive ourselves into thinking that what the exact way we want to do it is the right way for us. But God knows us even better than we know us. And he has a great plan for us. And we're only here for a moment in time. I know it seems like it's never going to end, but believe me, we're only here for, for a short season. And so when that word means lifts up, I take that to mean that that person's path in this life is comes to an end. Maybe that's why some people uh, die maturely. I don't know. I can't say that. I don't want to create a belief system that's hard and fast and leaves no room for error when the Bible isn't explicit about certain things. But to me, that just tells me that if you're not going to continue in the truth, then there's no reason for you to continue your time down here because some people will be saved as of by fire. So, and it's up to us. You know, you can have whatever type of relationship with God that you want. Just like you can have any type of relationship, all things being equal with another human being that you want. You can call some up every day and see how they're doing. Or you can just forget about them for months at a time. You can go over and visit somebody every day or every few days and ask them if they need a hand with anything or let them know that you're available to help. Or you can just get wrapped up in your own world. In other words, it's up to you. You can have the type of relationship with God that you want. And nobody around you really can do anything about that because that's your choice. And God's opened his arms to welcome us to do that. God desires to have a relationship with him. And that that's important because there's a lot of people that know a lot of facts about God, that know the Bible, that know scripture verses, but they really don't know God that well. So, for example, imagine that you're going to interview somebody and so you read up about that person and you find out what their background is, what their hobbies are, some of the highlights of their life, and you know about that person. So when you talk to them, you're talking to them based on the facts that you learned in a book, but you don't actually have the experience of talking to them one-on-one until you enter into that interview for the very first time. Now that's a lot different than, let's say, interviewing somebody that you know intimately that you've grown up with or that you've been with all your life. And so Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, we have an invitation to know them, to be together with them here in this lifetime, to get information from them, to get guidance from them, to receive that miracle working power when we need it from them, to get answers to prayer. That we are in God's family, but just like everybody, not everybody has the relationship with the parent That It's not an equal, at least in this world, we don't have that equal intimacy. It varies. But the variable isn't God, it's you. It's what you want. It's what's important to you. And the deceptiveness of wealth is that having things will make you happy. And the happiness is like a sugar rush. It's there one moment and it's gone the next. But the happiness and the peace that God offers us is eternal. And it doesn't just affect us in the head, it affects us in the heart. And it has a ripple effect a posit, in a positive way into every other area of our life. So Jesus says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may, may bear more fruit. In other words, he cuts it back. I didn't know much about plants until recently. Over the last several years I've learned probably more than I thought possible about plants here especially in the state of Florida and how to take care of indoor plants and outdoor plants watching when they cut back so that they can grow more. So now this is Jesus using visible things so that we can understand spiritual truths. So Don't imagine yourself like a plant having your arms cut back so they can be longer or something foolish like that. Just imagine, he prunes us. He prunes our inner man. Because the Bible says flesh and blood doesn't inherit the kingdom of heaven. We're spirit beings, we're living in a body. But then we put this body, Peter calls it a tent, aside, and we go on to be with the Lord forever. And you get there, you have a new body. So he says he prunes. Every branch that bears fruit, that it may bear more fruit. And then he says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So think of a rose bush. right? You cut off the roses, you put them in a, in a vase and they look beautiful. And there's some water in the bottom. But they're not attached to the vine anymore, so to speak. They're not part of the, the, the root system. They're not connected anymore. And so they're dying by the day. It just doesn't appear that way. That's why the Bible says flesh and blood doesn't inherit the kingdom of heaven because it's not connected. The flesh body isn't. But the real you is and you're connected. And that's where the life comes from. So then he says in verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. I like that. See, it's not just the knowledge in the book. It's not just the words. It's the person behind the words. The promise is only as good as the person who made it. And your confidence in that person is, is only as good as the level of relationship you have in them. So right now, let's say you needed $100 or $200 for an emergency. And let's say for whatever reason you couldn't use credit and your bank account, if you have it in, in there, hopefully you have at least 100 that you could spare for something in an emergency. But let's say you didn't even have that, the banks were shut down or something. So you need cash. Now think about the people that you would ask and what type of confidence that you would have in each of those potential people. Maybe make a mental list of who could give you $100 right away and think about how comfortable you would feel asking them for that. There might be only one person, maybe none, that you would actually feel not embarrassed to ask for the money or not nervous about whether they would say yes or no. I said God has set up this system where we can have full confidence that whatever we ask, we will, we will receive from him. That we can believe and trust in him because he doesn't change. The Bible says, every good and every perfect gift cometh down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variance, neither shadow of turning. But let him ask in faith, if any of you lacks anything, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Now in the earth world, in the earth realm that we're living in, there would be some wavering with most of the people that you would ask for something in most cases. But those that you have a really good relationship with, you have more confidence towards them. Now there's some people that are are really kind and giving, they just don't have have it to give. And there are other people who are kind who have more than enough also. God has more than enough. There's no amount that he could pour out over your life that would even put a dent in his resources. Neither, neither in things or in spiritual or in physical or, or uh, whatever you can think of. So then it goes on to say, he said, for without me, you can do nothing, but we're not without him, are we? The Bible says in verse number six if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. If anyone does not live in me. Well, what does the Bible say in 2 Corinthians? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So if you believe in Jesus, you're in Christ. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Some translations say what you will, and it shall be done for you. And then verse eight, by this. What does that mean? By what he just said. By this, my father is glorified. God is glorified when you ask what you will, and it's done for you. Why? Because the only reason, the only way that works is if two things are in place, you're abiding in him and his words are abiding in you. Now you're already in him if you're a believer. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. 1 John 2.23 says, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father, but the one who acknowledges the, the Son has the Father also. Acts 17.28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, we're in him. We abide in him. John fourteen twenty three says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. In other words, we will live with him. That's what the word abide means, make our home with. So now again, we're not talking about uh, physical, this is a, a spiritual thing. You know, some some of these things are hard to understand because we look at everything from the natural. When it comes to spiritual things, you can't often weigh them. You can just make, how do we say this? We're back to seeing through the glass darkly again, like I talked about in the last podcast. But the things which are on earth are a shadow of the things which are in heaven. And so there I've just given you, the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the truth be established. So I've given you four different scriptures, five different scriptures, which shows that we're in him. Here's the thing. It says, my words abide in you. See, a lot of people are in him, haven't met that qualification yet. And I don't mean qualification like paying a bill. They just haven't done it. You see, when you do the Bible, it'll work for you. It may not work immediately, but it will work. It will come to pass. So there Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you'll ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you, and herein is my Father glorified. So, when it's done, when it comes to pass, when it's visible, when everyone else can see it also, then God's glorified. When the problem is the only thing that's seen, God's not glorified. Only the enemy is glorified then. Proverbs puts it this way, chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, 22. It says, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my saying, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. But notice what it says there, attend, attend to my words. Right? That's kind of the same thing that Jesus was saying. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. It says, let them not, meaning God's words, depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So this works, according to Proverbs chapter 4, for those that find it. It's health to those that find it, God's word is. But what about those that do not keep it in the midst of their heart? Then it wouldn't be life and it wouldn't be health. Do you follow that? So we're looking at the positive and the negative. So the very first part says, my son, attend to my words. So if you don't do that, and and here's the thing, whatever we think about, that's what we give our attention to. Whatever we give our attention to, that's where our energy goes. That's why TV and the media has such a negative effect on people, because they're attending to it. They're inclining their ears to stories. And yeah, it's just for entertainment maybe. But what happens is that's what they're keeping before their eyes. And that's what's affecting them in the midst of their heart. Is lack, death, war, fighting, rumors, gossip, all of these evil things. And whatever you give your attention to, you're giving your energy to. So then when it comes time to your relationship with God, it's, there's a disconnect there. God didn't create the disconnect. You've done it because you've sowed bad seed. It's like instead of planting good seed in your garden, you just took a bunch of weeds and replanted them without even being conscious that those were the, the seeds that you were planting. And I mean, we've all been here. So I want you to think about this. So instead of just intellectually digesting this and feeling bad and saying, okay, I'm going to try harder tomorrow, which really doesn't work too much because then we're back to works again. It comes down to the the spiritual side of this, which is what you look at and what you focus on. So think about this. If you have a piece of paper and you make a column, you draw a line down the middle. And on the left-hand side, on, on one line, you write something that you've prayed for. This has to be something that hasn't come to pass yet, but something that you've prayed for could be a situation, could be for yourself or another member of your family, could be work-related, it could be health-related, and you write that down. And then on the other side of the line, you write down what would that situation be like if that prayer had already been answered. In other words, if the answer was visible, If the fruit had already come forth, describe that situation and how it's different now. And then go down to the next line or skip a space, whatever you want to do, and write another situation that you're praying about. Do that for three or four situations. On one side of the line, write what the situation is. And then on the other side of the line, write in a little bit of detail about what that situation would be like and how things would be different if that had already come to pass. And then take that into your prayer time. Because the Bible says, let not God's words depart from your eyes. In other words, you need something to look at. All day long, you read negative, evil uh, things online, or you listen to them on TV, and you need some way to get positive information back into you when you need it. You can't always wait for um, the next sermon in church, or, or the next anything. And the thing is that if you read the same scripture verses over and over and over again, The thing about the mind is when the mind's been buffeted um, and you read the same scripture verses, the the truth seems to lose its clarity. In other words, there seems to be a disconnect from what the Bible says and where you're living. So Jesus made many statements that are so positive, but all the excitement seems to have been bled out of these statements because of people's experience. And their experience has been colored by their own doubt and unbelief. For example, Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened. For everyone that asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to him that knocks, the door is open. There's no mention of failure anywhere in there. The Bible says, All things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. The Bible says, All things are possible to them who believe if you believe in doubt, not it says all of these things, and that's room for excitement. Those scriptures give hope. But then what happens is you have a negative experience, and you replay that over and over and over again. Then you combine that with other people's negative experiences, and then teachings are created to validate why that experience is justified in your life. Because you can't fight spiritual enemies With natural thoughts. You can't fight a spiritual enemy with natural weapons. You can't fight a spiritual enemy with just natural logic. You have to have a connection to the Spirit of God, and you already do. You're not trying to create a connection. You're just blowing off the dust off your keyboard, so to speak. You're blowing out the dust from your system, and sometimes that requires you doing things a little bit differently. That's why I'm encouraging you to write down what it would be like. Write the situation that you're facing now. Then, next to it, write what it would be like if it already came to pass. Take that into your prayer time. Do it for two or three different things. Meditate on what it would be like if you already had the answer, how that changes the game, how that changes the circumstances, how that changes the future. And fill yourself up with those thoughts. And then go into the Bible and read the words of Jesus, and you will find that suddenly your heart is alive again. So last night, I just tell you, last night I had um, just a great time. I was studying the Bible and everything. I should say yesterday, not last night. And then I watched this murder documentary on Netflix. And we watched probably like seven episodes of it and it was just it was just a horrific story about this woman that was murdered and about these pedophile um priests and all, all all of this stuff and i went to bed and those same truths that were alive in me before i watched that show seemed dull this morning the excitement was gone the revelation the light that had seemed so real yesterday didn't seem quite as real today when i woke up now You may say, well, yeah, it was just a TV show. Yeah, but I have the experience to show me otherwise. I have the experience to show me that what I I gave my attention to, that's what I became filled with. That's what entered into my heart. And that's what choked out the truth that had been so alive just hours before. Are you following what I'm saying? And we do this all the time. And then we pray with a mindset and a heart that's sinking in defeat. You know, we focus a lot about faith on this podcast, but faith is just one side of the coin. The other side is hope. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. But if you don't even have the hope part there, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when a desire comes, it's a tree of life. So if your hope has been deferred and you're trying to pray in faith, that's really hard to do because you can't see victory anymore. That's why the Bible says, don't just listen to my sayings, but don't let them depart from your eyes. What you're seeing in your what your spirit, man, what you're seeing in your heart, the vision that you have, maybe one that's based on movies, TVs, and media, and not what the Bible says, where it's easier for you to picture defeat than it is for you to picture victory. And we're not talking about mind over matter or or natural visual, visualization. I'm talking about the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I'm talking about the foundation that your life is built upon. God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, His Son, the Holy Spirit, they are family. We're connected to them. I should be able to go into prayer right now and say, Father, you're, the Bible doesn't seem real to me today. It just seems like I'm sinking further and further. Please help me. Please help make this real for me right now today. I can't do it in my own strength. I've tried and failed. You should be able to go to God with confidence that way. You should be able to say, Jesus, you said in the, in the Bible that you would come and the Father would come and you would live with me. And I need you to manifest yourself to me. I need you to dig down into my heart, into my spirit, and take the thing out of me that's causing me to veer to the left and the right. Maybe you even know what that thing is and you can name it, you know, Maybe you have an addiction to, uh, I don't know, whatever, any kind of addiction, whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, any, any, any type of addiction, negativity, anything that you do over and over again that takes, robs from you and steals from you, um, it's one of those things that we can't have real joy when we're attached to something negative. You want to break free from that. You want to break through. And if you prayed and and you've done these things and you don't have it, then go directly to Jesus. Go directly to God the Father and ask them to help know that the Holy Spirit is with you. His ministry is right here on this earth now. Jesus had his ministry time on the earth. God actually walked here in the cool of the day with Adam. But now it's the Holy Spirit's time. This is his error. And after it ends, all of this ends. Sometimes people I don't say, I don't know why God lets all this go on and on and on, but I think that the truth of the matter is, like the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, Peter said concerning the Holy Spirit, the promise is to you and your children and to your grandchildren and as to many and many who are far off. Let me look up that verse really quickly. <clears throat> Excuse me, here it is. Uh, Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This was spoken over 2,000 years ago. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Meaning that he actually knew at that time that there were people who weren't even born yet. Right? And these people were called by God for the promises to you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord, our God shall call. So sometimes people wonder, why is this still going on? It could very be very easy, as simple as the explanation that this verse is giving right here. Because the promises to you and your children, to all that are far off, there are people who God has called who aren't even been born yet. Maybe they won't even be born for another hundred years. I know that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear that that Jesus is coming within the next seven years, and maybe he is. Matter of fact, maybe he's coming moments after this podcast ends. We just don't know. But here's the one thing we do know that the it, there's a breakthrough waiting for you, and these simple. There's simple ways. There's simple things that you can do to stir yourself up. There's simple things that you can do to change what your vision and your heart is, to see the answer instead of seeing the problem all the time, to learn to redirect what you're focusing on. What you focus on determines more than you realize, and you won't. You you have to experience it for yourself. Even if you took one day where you focus, you're only going to talk about positive things. You're only going to talk about solutions. You're only going to focus on Jesus and God and their ability and nothing else. You do that for 24 hours. You do that for even eight hours during your your day. And whenever you make a mistake, you cover it up by twice as much focusing than you did before. In other words, what I mean by cover up is if you say, well, I don't know if we're going to, that change that statement with three positive statements. In other words, bury that over with a good thought. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible to those who believe, and I'm a believer. And I overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. And I love my life not unto the death. You say three positive things. You don't have to quote scripture per se, but base those positive quotes on what God said. And it will hit you just how negative you've really been when you focus to the extreme on the positive. Okay, so that's all I have for you today. I want you to know that I feel positive right now and that I'm putting my focus on the right thing, not on the wrong thing. And it's filling my heart as I'm talking. I know that nothing is impossible for Jesus and that even if I have... uh, made bad choices, or even if I don't understand every little nuance that, he, that I'm, I should understand or that other people understand, I know that Jesus is more than enough. I know that where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. And I have nothing to worry about. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to drink. I'm not going to have to worry about taxes. I'm not going to have to worry about housing. I'm not going to have to worry about transportation because the Lord knows I have need of all these things. I'm not going to have to worry about my health because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the Bible says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. I know Exodus 15, 26, the Lord said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know all these things. and I'm going to say them over and over to myself until they become so alive, until that excitement returns, until the the true hope that faith gives substance to is alive again in my heart. Amen. Okay, that's all for today's podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you want to get updates to future podcasts uh, via email, just go to faithtestedbyfire.com, sign up for the update list there, and you'll receive an email. I'm actually sending them out using MailChimp now. Um, it's a little, I like the system. I have different email systems that I use, I have an online business uh, where we build websites for local businesses, lawyers, restaurants, doctors, spas, that kind of thing. And I like being a believer in the midst of people in the real world because it allows me to explain why I have hope in me. It allows me to explain my faith from a non-religious standpoint. Using words, just like Paul said, I become all things to all men so that he may win some. That's what I do. I, I meet people where they're at. I encourage you to do the same. Okay. That's it. Thanks again for listening. God bless, and I'll see you next time.